Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today. We're going to continue our examination of uh, Paul's writings to the church at Thessalonica and the many, many, many things that we have learned so far. We're in the second letter, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, and we saw last time that Paul uh, greeted them, greeted them with grace and the peace from the Lord Jesus Christ, and just spoke to them how, uh, how proud he was of them, of how they were persevering in their faith, even though they were undergoing persecution and affliction. And so um, verse 5, the last verse we saw, says this, This is a plain indication of God's righteous judgment so that you will be considered worthy of the kingdom of God, for which indeed you are suffering. Now, verse 6, For after all, it is only just for God to repay with affliction those who afflict you. So he's reminding them and he's reminding us that the Lord is the one who will take care of this. Uh, There's times when we want to try to bring forth our own retaliation. I know we want to do this, we want to do that. But he says, no, 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 the Lord is the one that will do this. Verse 7, he says, only uh, back up one, uh, 6 again, because it's all one sentence, verses 6, 7, and 8. For after all, it is only just for God to repay with affliction those who afflict you and to give relief to you who are afflicted and to us as well. When the Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire. And so, oh, we see what the, um, when the timing is going to be on this. You know, a lot of times people say, well, the Lord hasn't repaid the affliction yet. Well, that's not what he's speaking of. What he's speaking of is when the Lord Jesus Christ comes again. That's what he says in verse 7. When the Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels and flaming fire. Uh, this verse is rather important because a lot of times when you read Scripture, it talks about how the Lord will be uh, returning with his saints, with his holy ones. And quite often you'll hear people teach that that is the church, that is us. The Lord's returning with us. And that's not what it says. Right here we see exactly what it is. It's his mighty angels and flaming fire. Okay. Yes, we will be raptured. We will be with the Lord. But that does not mean that we're going to be every place that he's going to because he's running about um, in the last day scenario that you see when he brings forth the uh, day of God's wrath. There's all sorts of things that are happening. So what Paul is saying, that he will take care of those, will bring relief to us, relief to those of us who are afflicted when he returns. Now, verse 8 says this, dealing out retribution to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. So Paul is saying this, yeah, this, these are times of tribulations. These are times when things are coming against us. But the Lord is the one who will repay. The Lord is the one that will bring relief for those that are afflicted. And he's going to bring forth the retribution. Who's he going to bring it on? Those who do not know God and those who do not obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. They will experience the day of the Lord, the wrath of God. Now, verse 9, these, the ones who do not know God, who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus, these will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord 
and from the glory of his power. We actually get a lot of insight here into uh, how things are going to be when it's all said and done. You know, a lot of times people will say, well, look, somebody will just be in hell. Well, yeah, but what does that mean? Okay, and you find out it's a lake of fire, and you find out that it's total darkness. There's all these little details that we see in the scripture. Here we find out that they're going to pay the penalty of eternal destruction. Now think about that for a moment. Eternal destruction. What does that mean? And when you look at a couple of other verses in the scripture, I think it shows us that uh, the idea is this. If something is destroyed, it is no more, right? Okay, if something is destroyed, it is no more. But here, eternal destruction. And so it's going to be like you are constantly being destroyed. Another verse talks about dying, that you're constantly dying and constantly in death, but never dying. You're constantly in destruction, but the destruction never ends. And then you find out some of the elements of what it consists of. Away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of of his power. You know, we think the lake of fire is a horrible and a horrific thing, and it is. But here he mentions that we're away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Well, if you're away from that and you're away from the glory, will that bother you after a few millennium? You know? Well, I think so, because I think with the picture that Jesus gave uh, with Lazarus, the man who died, you know, that was poor. And he, and then the rich man that was um, cast in the Hades, Lazarus, and then bosom of Abraham, <coughs> they could see from Hades there was a great chasm between the two. I think those that will be in the lake of fire, now this is just me speaking, those that will be in the lake of fire will be able to see the glory of God's power. We'll be able to see the presence of the Lord. We'll be able to see all the wonder that is for all eternity. They'll be able to see it, but they won't be able to participate in it. Can you imagine so these will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. When he comes to be glorified in his saints on that day, I notice he's going to be glorified in his saints on that day, the day of the Lord, when he comes. And so the body of Christ will be raptured, will be taken away, and we will receive our glorified body and to be marveled at among those who have believed for our testimony to you was believed. So Paul is reminding this, these believers there. He says, hey, this is what I taught y'all. This is what I said was going to happen. And you believe this. He says, I just want to remind you what's going to happen. So the last two verses of 2 Thessalonians 1. To this end also we pray for you always that our God will count you worthy of your calling and fulfill every desire for goodness and the work of faith with power so that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ will be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So in this chapter again, as we saw was the pattern in the first letter, Paul mentions the coming of the Lord. Here he gives us a lot of detail about it, and he mentions the grace of God. He mentions being glorified and how it's according to the grace of God and the Lord Jesus Christ that by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, God will be glorified in us and us in him. That's what he's saying to this end. We pray to this end that God will count you worthy, fulfill every desire for goodness and the work of faith with power. So you see that they have a desire to do goodness and they had a work of faith. Remember that in First Thessalonians? 
You saw it in the first chapter. It talked about their work of faith. And he said, God is manifesting this. He is pouring this forth in you. You know, he, he will do the same to the body today if we will allow him. Okay? So much of what we do as the body of Christ has absolutely nothing to do with what we see here in the Scripture as the true work of the kingdom. We would do well to repent and to go back to the ancient paths and to live the way that he's called us to live and then watch what he does in us. Again, I'm Dale. I'll see you all again next time. Goodbye.